Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Believe in Bengals podcast with yours truly, Solomon Wilcox, right here on Valley Sports Ohio. Right now, I have a very special guest, a 10-year player for the Rams, won a championship uh, his rookie season in 1999. That's right. Super Bowl champion, Mr. Tory Holt, joining us on the Believe in Bengal podcast. How you doing today, Tory? I'm doing good, Solly, man. It's always good to sit down and chat with you and talk ball, man. Oh, yeah, man. Hey, look, uh, you know, uh, it's a it's a reunion, right, of Super Bowl 56, Cincinnati Bengals, L.A. Rams. Now, you got the better end of that one, but on Monday night, <laughs> yeah, you the see, Bengals you see, were able to come you see the banner hanging right. up back there? <laughs> see, you got your banner, man. We're still waiting to get ours back yeah. here. <laughs> We're still waiting to get ours. But look, it was a really good game on Monday night. There was a lot of a lot of things taking place down on that field. And I want to start by talking about the fact that the relationship between the head coaches, uh, Zach Taylor, Sean McVay, very close and personal. Remember when the Bengals hired uh, Zach Taylor, he came to us from the Los Angeles Rams. In what ways was that relationship very special and what kind of went through your mind when you watched these two young coaches on Monday night? Well, I think at the end of the game, it told it tells you everything about how McVay um, and, and, and coach um, having a, um, for the Bengals head coach, um, what's his name? Zach Taylor. <laughs> Zach Taylor, I'm sorry. <laughs> you can tell by the end of the game with coach McVay and coach Taylor, at the end of the game, how they embraced each other, you can tell the respect is there. Like they couldn't get across the field quick enough to embrace one another just to show appreciation for how both teams played. I think Coach Taylor certainly has learned something from Coach McVay in terms of the preparation and, and the attitude and the seriousness about how they go about their business. And I'm sure Coach McVay has learned something from Coach Taylor in their time together in Los Angeles. But you can certainly see and tell the respect that one they have for one another in terms of how they coach their teams, how their teams are prepared, and then how the two of them go against each other for the for the second time. One obviously was meaningful in Super Bowl, and then they come back last night in that game, and Cincinnati was able to win it. But a but a mutual respect between the two coaches. Hey, look, during your ten years uh, with the Rams, you were prolific, put up some huge numbers. Uh, we expect you to be going into the Pro Football Hall of Fame soon. It's only a a matter of time. So. Help me to understand when you were watching Jamar Chase in this Monday night game, when they were moving him around, playing him in the slot, single to one side. And then on that 43-yard pass play where they faked the pitch, Burrow rolled back out to his right, dropped the diamond there to Jamar Chase on that bench route. Help us to understand all the things that Jamar Chase was doing by aligning in so many different positions and how that the execution on that play was very nuanced and, and quite incredible, I thought, by design. And you you speak about that play, and, and that play was all – it all started by the commitment to the run game and, and, and Joe Mixon. And the Rams saw the run over and over and over. And play action and the corner bit up just enough, and which allowed uh, Chase to get a free release and what we call a bench route or a seven route. He goes down, he pushes up vertical about 15, 18 yards, and then he takes it right to the bench. And Joe showing his athleticism, even dealing with some injuries, still showed enough athleticism to get outside of the pocket, the trust to call that play, and then the confidence for Joe and Jamar to uh, to connect. All night long, all night long, Joe Barrows was looking for Jamar Chase. 
intently, <laughs> as he should. This is a this is a all pro wide receiver, Jamar Chase, and you got to find a way to get him the ball. And Jamar said in his pre- in his post game presser that he spoke to the offensive coordinator about ways that they can get him the football. So I assume that he probably took some took some ideas to the offensive coordinator and said, "Hey, find me here, put me here, let me get in my sweet spot, let me get the football early, let me get it often." As they did, and he just kept getting warmer and warmer as the game go as the game went. But they had him in the slot to the left, slot to the right. They had him out wide, singled up to the left and to the right. They had him in the backfield. Yeah, different ways, a plethora of ways of how they were going to be intent and how they was going to get him the football. And they got it to him quickly, and he was able to use his and he was able to show his run after the catch, show his strength, his athleticism, his stability. Um, just a tremendous play. I thought it was an excellent game plan from Coach Taylor and Coach Coach Callahan and how they were able to make sure that they got their best player, one of their best players, if not their best player, involved early and often. That's right. Jamar Chase was targeted 15 times a game, caught 12 passes, and they were hitting on a high percentage of those targets for 141 yards, just a spectacular game. Look, going back to the 2021 divisional game against the Tennessee Titans, Joe Burrow was sacked nine times in that game. All he did was keep getting back up. Mm. He still was able to carry his team to victory. Um, I thought the courage of Joe Burrow was very, um, um, really relevant and obvious in that game. How was his courage manifested in this Monday night game? We didn't even know if he would play with that calf in, uh, injury. You could tell he was less than 100%. So what did you see from Joe Burrow that, I think maybe even allow him to win even more NFL fans over by the way he played in the Monday night game. I, I thought it was outstanding. I thought it showed a, a, a true testament of his heart and his unselfishness and, and 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 how important this game was for his teammates and for his team not to go down 0-3. And he knew that he needed to play. If they was not going to go down 0-3, he needed to play. Not only play, he needed to play well enough for them to win, he showed a great deal of poise, great deal of toughness and maturity. I mean, you can see the look on his face all night long. He was locked in. And even on some of those throws that he missed, you can see the angst on his face because he wanted to complete those throws. But Solomon, I said to you earlier on in the year, there could be some rust with Joe because he was out of he was out of training camp, you know, missed some practice. There could be some rust. And we've certainly seen a little bit of rust over the first three weeks. But I thought last night, when it mattered, he made the plays to help his football team get that win against a, a good Rams team. But I just love the toughness. Anybody in that locker room, everybody in that locker room that plays alongside of Joe Barrow should say, you know what? If our quarterback put it on the line like that, I best believe better make sure that I'm ready. And if I'm down and out and feeling bad or maybe dealing with a few injuries or a few this or, or, or something bothering me, I got to pick it up. I got to suck it up and go out and play. Our quarterback showed that kind of toughness. You got that kind of leadership. Your 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 team, your organization is in good shape. Yeah, Joe Burrow attempted forty nine passes in the game, nearly fifty pass attempts. You could just see with every single throw, whether it went high or just to the right, he missed. The rust was coming off with every <laughs> single pass opportunity. You could see yeah. this guy was just polishing up his game. And you and I were texting each other during the game, and I can't believe we were sitting there saying they got to run the ball just yeah. a little bit more. Help <laughs> help Joe out. You were thinking. Let's help Matthew Stafford out by running the ball. I think at halftime, the Bengals had seven rushing attempts. The Rams had one more. They had eight rushing yeah. attempts. 
But you and I kind of felt like the game broke open a little bit as Joe Mixon started to come more into play. And you saw him rip one through for that 14-yard touchdown run. I thought it was a thing of beauty. You probably saw it as a backbreaker. <laughs> well, I, I think when you when you look at the Bengals and you look at the Rams, particularly with the Bengals, Joe Mixon is a, is a, is a pro bowl running back. He can run the football down. He has the power and the strength. He also can catch the football out of the backfield. And to me, Joe is a 25, 30 carry type guy every game. That's going to create a ton of balance for the Cincinnati Bengals, which is now going to allow Barrows to be more settled in the pocket. The offensive line now has control of the offensive line of scrimmage because they're worn down on teams because they're running it. And then your wide receivers get one-on-one opportunities. And we saw last night, 10 yards and down, he's getting the ball out of his hands quickly, and they're catching it and making guys miss and run after the catch. So they can beat you in a short game. They certainly can run the football and beat you in the run game. And then they also can stretch the ball down the football field with T. Higgins and Jamar Chase and Boyd and those guys as well as their as well as their tight ends. But I think for the Cincinnati Bengals to be a strong outfit week in and week out, they got to be balanced up. And it's the same thing with the Los Angeles Rams. When you think about the Rams and the success that they've had over the years offensively, they've been good running the football, the misdirection, the jet sweeps, the play action, the screens, um, the the play action. Uh, Double double moves down the football field is yeah. all set up by how they run the football. And I think Kyron Williams, he's healthy, he's energetic, he's a tough little joker. I think he can help balance out the Rams offense. They just got to give it to him more. Oh, absolutely. And look, uh, the Bengals end up winning that battle of time of possession. I think that can be contributed to their ability to run the football. Run the football. They had the ball for 36 minutes um, of the game and reeled off more offensive plays, keeping the ball away from Matthew Stafford and company. And let's talk about Matthew Stafford. Coming into the Monday night game, the first two games of this season um, were the most productive first two games of any season of his career. That's without Cooper Cup. That's without Odell Beckham Jr. with guys like uh, Puka Nakua and some of the younger receivers. But yet the Cincinnati Bengals, the pass rush, at some point, began to take over this game. Luana Romo dialed up some really exotic blitzes, was able to get the safety. Uh, Dax Hill in on him. What were you seeing, and how did that frustrate or maybe make things more difficult for Matthew Stafford down the stretch? Well, when Ulrich Jackson went out, his left tackle went down, I think with a thigh. Then also the right guard, Noteboom, went down. So that's two of your offensive starting uh, linemen that went down. And Zach Thomas, bless him, he came in and tried his best but he couldn't block on the edges. He couldn't hold up long enough. And then the exoticness, too, that you mentioned of Coach Lou bringing down the safety, safety blitz. And Dax Hill, I thought, timed that blitz up. Beautiful. Beautiful. I mean, he disguised it, and then all of a sudden, here he is. He's right on top of Matthew Stafford. Just throwing different things at the Rams, and the Rams were never able in the second half. They were never never able really to adjust to that. I thought maybe at some point they would have put a tight end over there to help out with, with, with Zach Thomas to give him some help, uh, but they decided not to do that. They wanted to block with five and put everybody out in the passing, uh, out in the passing game. But I thought the the Cincinnati Bengals, man, really pinned their ears back, really made it tough for Matthew Stafford to really set his feet and really go through his reads. Because as you mentioned, Puka Nakua, talented young player, he's only going to continue to get better. And I like him so much because he's a sponge. He's a mature yeah. player. He understands what his responsibilities are on Sundays. He's grasping the offense pretty quickly so they can throw a lot of things at him. 
But every time you look over there on the sideline, he's always beside Cooper Cup, just asking questions, picking his brain, just soaking up knowledge. And then Tutu Atwell is showing up. He's showing his speed, his ability to play across the middle, though he's a little guy, his ability to play across the middle, catch the ball with his hands, good run after the catch. And then Van Jefferson showed up a little bit last night. He had a catch for 46 yards. More of Van Jefferson, too, in this offense also will help them while they're waiting to get their number one target back, which is Cooper Cup. But I love the way the young players on the offensive side of the ball, as well as the defensive side of the ball, they're getting pro reps, Solly. They need those pro reps, and I think it's only going to help them as the season goes. And, hey, Dory, the best coverage of the day um, in terms of pass coverage, pass defense, had to be Zach Taylor calling the timeout uh, <laughs> just before Tyler Higby catches yeah, a touchdown pass. Yeah, How about yeah. that? Yeah, that, 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 that was a heads-up call. That was a heads-up call by Coach Taylor. It, and it, it's so funny because I've seen Sean McVay react the same way. So you can tell those two guys have been around each other. But <laughs> he was able to get the call. He was able to get that timeout just in time because Higby was running right open for the touchdown. So you take that touchdown off the board. You take Tutu Atwell's touchdown off the board where they say he stepped out of bounds, which I thought he was in bounds. I thought he did a good job of, of his balance and staying in bounds and complete that play for a touchdown. But I said, then, then I said, whoever scores first will have an opportunity. I think we'll have an, a grand opportunity to win that game. And obviously the Bengals, you know, scored and, uh, and was able to go on and win that game. But those two touchdowns coming off the board, I think certainly hurt the Rams because they were like one in five down in yeah. the red zone. They were 0-4-11 in third down. So they didn't have their most efficient game, still had an opportunity to win. But if you can if you can minimize some of those turnovers that they had, maybe keep one or two of those touchdowns, they put themselves in a, in a great position. But the uh, the Bengals never budged. They stayed on course. They knew, they knew what they wanted to do offensively and how they wanted to operate. And then, and then Coach Lou defensively stuck to his game plan and made it really, really tough. Matthew Stafford. And just like the Super Bowl, you can have great quarterback play as the Rams did in Super Bowl 56 from Matthew Stafford, but you better have a guy who can go get the quarterback. The Rams had that in Aaron Donald, but on Monday night, it was Trey Hendrickson. Yes. He just kept showing up, kept showing up in the backfield. Next thing you know, Sam Hubbard. Next thing you know, B.J. Hill. But it sometimes it's all it takes is one guy to start stirring it up and then there's a feeding frenzy when you're playing from behind on the scoreboard, right? Absolutely. When you're playing from behind, you can pin your ears back as a defense and get after the quarterback. And then when you see two of their starting offensive linemen go down, I'm pinning my ears back too. And B.J. Hill and Hubbard and those guys were licking their chops. And you mentioned Henderson, who was beating Zach Thomas pretty much every time, every rep. Yeah. And it was one single move. It wasn't like it was a plethora of moves. It was one of his most patented moves. Your offensive tackle reaches, he swats his hand down, dipped that shoulder, and next thing you know, he was taking Stafford down. So, look, the Bengals have a formidable front. We know that. Their linebackers, led by Wilson, is really talented, and, and, and Jermaine Pruitt, who is an NC State guy, their secondary is hella talented, young, talented, good players, Dak Hill and those guys. Um, good defensive, Good defensive team with players. Even better because their coach, Coach Lou, does a good job of putting those guys in the best position to play hard-nosed, tough defensive football. And Logan Wilson, uh, linebacker, yes. talent. You know, he's a talent. former safety, right? right. <laughs> he's a former and he moves high like one. defensive back, University of Wyoming. He plays like it, too. Two interceptions in the Monday night game. 
He does. I mean, his 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 instincts for the football. You you started on a couple of interceptions. He saw ball. He went. He, you know, he put himself in position, his body in position to make the catch, which was two huge plays for the Bengals. But again, that front rushing or the or the safeties blitzing hands up if you can't get their hands up. Just basic fundamental good football that Coach Lou and his staff is coaching his team. All right. Um, before we let you go, Tori. You got to do me a favor and show our Cincinnati Bengal fans what the hands of a talented future Pro Bowl wide receiver look like. Let's see them hands. Let's see them. See that? You see that, everybody? That's what it takes to be a star in the NFL. You got to go Hall of through Fame, wars. Hall of Fame <laughs> hands right here, Solly. Hall of Fame hands. That's right. <laughs> Tori, you're the best, my friend. We'll catch up with you. Thanks for joining us on the Believe in Bengal podcast right here on Bally Sports Ohio. Absolutely. Let's do it again. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.